A warm welcome to all our listeners. This is Reflections from Budapest, Religion, State and Society podcast, where we look at issues of religious conflict, religious violence and reconciliation. My name is Sharon Sugar, I'm a researcher at the Danube Institute. This is the new episode of our series called Judaism and Antisemitism in Hungary. The series follows the publication of our two-volume book titled Antisemitism in Hungary, Appearance and Reality, which was published by the Helena Historical Press in the US. Our special guest today is Dr. Yehuda Hartmann, who was born in Budapest and currently lives and works in Israel, specializes in the history of Hungarian Jews in the modern times. Hartmann is a recipient of the Israel National Defense Prize. His book, Patriots Without Homeland, Hungarian Jewish Orthodoxy from Emancipation to Holocaust, appeared in 2020. Let me introduce my colleagues, Professor Jeffrey Kaplan, a distinguished fellow at the Danube Institute, and Vira Grölins, a researcher at the Danube Institute. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Hartmann. You were born in Budapest in the period of World War II. Could you share with our listeners some of your earliest memories of that time and place? I, I was born in uh, Budapest in 45, actually in March 45. March 45 was, um, you know, Pest was uh, li- liberated in the 18th of, uh, of January 45, and Buddha was in the 10th of February. So it's very, very, very early. And um, my, my parents, uh, my grandfather, uh, my uh, grandfather and grandmother from my mother's side. My father was from uh, Slovakia, it, uh, in uh, Bartfo, Badio, which was the uh, upper uh, northern Slovakia. And uh, my grandparents from, uh, my paternal grandparents were uh, taken away in 42 already and nobody came back. Actually, uh, I'm the only a survivor today of the Hartmann family, except for my children and uh, descendants, because um, I'm an only child and I was the last one. However, my mother was born in uh, in Budapest and uh, her parents lived in Budapest and uh, they are all, uh, they were all, uh, during, the, during the Hungarian Holocaust, during 44, the, in the glass house, Uvek house, uh, Uvek has in Bodas Utsan. Um, and actually, in a way, I was there also, but I was uh, in my mother's uh, womb at that time. Um, they, they were there. Uh, as, as uh, it's well known, it was uh, under the Swiss flag, the Swiss embassy territory, which was recognized even by the Salashi uh, government, um, you know, after October 44. Um, one incident, which I don't remember, but uh, made very uh, strong impression on me, was uh, repeated in our family by my grandmother and and, uh, my mother that uh, at one time, there were a few times, but at one time, the Aerocross people uh, burst, uh, went into the glass house and they rounded up 
some people. Among them, there was my father, my mother, my grandfather. My grandmother couldn't walk, so she was left there. And they were taken actually to the, to the Danube to be shot uh, by the Aerocross uh, uh, people. Um, you know, the glass house, Vadasutra is very close to the banks of the Danube, maybe 400 meters, I don't know. Uh, they were led by with the guns uh, in the streets. And uh, suddenly uh, there was an air attack, a heavy air attack, um, apparently American air attack uh, on the city, which was almost every day in the last weeks of the war. It was almost every day. And, uh, and then the Aerocross people uh, took cover and uh, the Jews who were led to the Danube were also took cover. And you know there was uh, smoke and uh, whatever when there is a bombing and uh, and they managed to how somehow to smuggle away and, and return to the glass house. Um, so that that was one impression. Um, we we came to Israel when I was five years old in 1950. Uh, my mother. Uh, my father unfortunately died quite early when I was uh, small after, after we came to Israel. But my mother uh, somehow didn't, uh, didn't have bitter memories about Budapest and, and Hungary. Um, so I, I also grew up with some kind of um, attitude which was not negative. Um, quite a few of my my mother's family was from Shatori Uihel, and they were taken to Auschwitz, and some of them survived. Most of them did not, but some survived, and some of them are in the in their 90s. I mean, two of them are 90s in uh, Toronto, in Los Angeles, in America, and they would never return uh, to Hungary. They're very very uh, bitter. Uh, they have very bitter memories. Uh, my mother didn't, and uh, that's the way I was brought up. I mean, it's a, <laughs> a long answer to a short question. Just for our foreign listeners, um, at the point where this was happening and a number of Jews were shot and killed and pushed into the Danube, there is a monument that's very famous here in Hungary, which is the Monument of the Shoes, where, which are left there in memorial of what happened? Uh, what happened? Uh, I, I know I, I was there many times. In fact, uh, I mean, th this, this memory, it's not a memory, but th this story, which uh, is very, obviously very strong, uh, has a very strong effect on me. Um, I, uh, I, I'm, um, we, we take our uh, grand grandkids to Budapest uh, when they become more or less uh, 12, 13 bar mitzvah, but mitzvah, you know, we take them to Budapest for a week and uh, I show them my uh, memories or, or stories that I was told later. And one of the things that I do 
I go to the glass house with them. We took nine already, nine kids um, in various times. I go to the glass house. We go to the little museum if it's open. I tell them the story and then we walk to this monument uh, in the streets that probably uh, my parents were taken at that time. And we ended this and, and this monument there and, and uh, you know, we are quiet and we give them sort to think. And uh, so, so this, this is part of our uh, ritual, let's say, <laughs> when I get to do this with the kids or, or with anybody, friend or something that I, I want to tell them the story, we do this little walk and, um, you know, somehow to repeat. I'm wondering how the kids feel as you take them through Budapest and show them the places and the events of your life and the aftermath of the Holocaust. How do they feel about Hungary out of curiosity? You know, they, they have less, uh, it's difficult, it's difficult to say. I mean, they, uh, you know, they see a part of history, they uh, connect to it in some way. Um, I don't, um, I don't remember them expressing any hostility uh, or something. Uh, um, I mean, about the Nazis, yes, but not about the country or, or um, well, um, no, I'm just, uh, what I'm trying to say, just uh, to describe what my mother's attitude was, I don't think it's shared by, by many, my mother, we left to Israel and the entire family left either to the United States or to Israel, except one, her younger sister that remained in, in Budapest. Uh, and she, uh, she couldn't get away. The, the communist regime in 1950 didn't let her. Um, but but she uh, kept. She didn't have kids. She did, she was not married, and she was very much attached to me. I was the only. Uh, I mean, her nephew. So she kept sending me books from Budapest and stamps, and uh, you know, and, uh, and my mother kept going, um, visiting her even in uh, you know the sixties or seventies. So there was always a connection that I felt with uh, Hungary, in spite of the fact that I was raised up here and uh, in Israel, and um, you know, it's 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 not part of my identity today. I mean, I, I'm I, I do feel that I'm a Jew born in Hungary, Hungarian Jew, but uh, you know, my I count in Hebrew, not in Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> it is said that the Jewish historical experience in Hungary is in many ways quite unique. As this is the focus of your research, do you agree with this observation? The focus of the research was initially to, um, to examine, to research the attitude of the orthodoxy towards anti-Semitism, because uh, orthodoxy was interesting in a way because they had some kind of theology and all kind of explanations 
theological explanations to antisemitism. So in a way, it was, they were in a way, they were a little bit more lenient towards antisemitism than the neologues, which wanted to become part of Hungary and the anti-Semites didn't want them to become part of Hungary. So I wanted to, to examine how those who were a little bit more lenient, how did they feel? Um, eventually, uh, the focus uh, a little bit shifted uh, because I understood that the attitude of the Orthodox, as well as the Neologues, but all the Hungarian Jewry, maybe except the Hasidic uh, ultra-Orthodox uh, streams that were mainly in Karpatorus, in Munkac, in uh, Ungvar, Siget, in all these uh, places, um, I understood that the attitude towards anti-Semitism uh, is really based on the attitude towards the state, towards the people, towards Hungary. So, so then the focus of the research became the attitude of the Orthodox and the neologues also, but mainly the Orthodox towards Hungary. How did they feel towards the nationality, the, the rising nationality, the country, the culture, um, language, um, did identify as patriots or not? That was the focus of the research. This is, it's, it's a very interesting question for somebody who has come to Hungary and is um, only, study, only beginning to study the history of Hungarian Judaism, in that it seems in Hungary to be a very unique case, in, certainly in the European context, that there was a lot about Hungarian Jewish life and Hungarian Jewish world that was really quite different. Is this observation, which is probably quite naive, correct? And why would this be the case? Well, I, I deal with it uh, quite uh, length, in a lengthy way. Uh, I think it was the case. Uh, you know, we cannot compare Hungary, uh, Hungarian Jews were attached to Hungary, were patriots, but German Jews were also patriots. Um, I, but my feeling is that Hungarian Jews were really uh, unique um, in a way, in, in a few ways. And um, one of the things um, what, uh, for instance, distinguished them from German Jews, which the history of Jews in Germany and Hungarians is very similar. I mean, it's the closest uh, country to make um, comparison. It's not Holland, it's not France, it's not Poland, it's Germany, because um, Germany also was in a similar position in, in some ways. The, the, in Germany, the Jews uh, felt German, but their attachment to Germanism was through enlightenment. They admired the modern, uh, the Mendelssohn, you know, the, the philosophy of the, um, the age of enlightenment of the 18th, 19th century. So they admired Schiller, Goethe, they, they admired the German culture. Um, 
they didn't think of them of themselves as part of the early uh, Teutonians or the early Germans in the Middle Ages. Uh, they, they they felt close to the German uh, enlightened uh, culture, uh, culture. In Hungary, they also felt close to the culture, but they saw themselves as part of a of a very old um, community in Hungary. They connected to uh, to Arpa, to, to do Jews that supposedly came uh, with Arpa, the Khazars or uh, all kinds of things, and people of Jewish faith that came to Hungary in uh, when it was established uh, in the eighth century, uh, ninth century. Um, so they, they were, the connection was something primordial, very deep to the roots of, of Hungary, not to the culture that, uh, that aroused and developed in the 18th, 19th century, but very, very early. That feeling is unique, I think. Um, you can see um, sermons of rabbis on, or, or the orthodox papers and also the neolog papers talking about our King Bela, our King this, uh, our King Istvan, our, uh, uh, talking about our kings seven, eight, nine hundred years ago, thousand years ago, our kings. I don't think German uh, papers or uh, German Jewish papers or Jewish rabbis saw themselves uh, you know, part of Karl the Great or something. Uh, do I? Yeah, that answers the question so very that's, well. That's one aspect which I, I found very interesting. Uh, I research it, but, but there are other aspects also. Maybe maybe one thing is uh, is worth um, mentioning that Hungarian Jewry is an immigrant community. I mean, there were Jews in Hungary in the Middle Ages, uh, not, not very many, but after the Turkish uh, conquest, almost all of them left. In the beginning of the 18th century, there were 10,000 Jews, approximately, according to Komorozzi, 10,000 Jews in Hungary. At the beginning of the 19th century, there were 100,000. The beginning of the 20th century, there were close to a million, 960,000. So that means 99% of Hungarian Jewry in the early 19th century, uh, early uh, 20th century, late 19th century, 99% were immigrants, first generation, second generation. Now, immigrant communities uh, strives to become part of, you know, to, to, to become part of the mainstream. Uh, German Jews were there more a thousand years. Uh, the, from, from the early um, millennium, the second millennium, they don't feel the urge to as much, I think, as much as the Hungarian Jews to you know, to connect, to become part. 
but, but there were other issues also that make a difference. Anyway, uh, th that was, these were my focuses. So some of the key events in the modern history of Hungarian Jewry were the numerous clausus laws and the white terror. Could you explain to our audience what these events were and how they impacted Hungarian Jews? Of course, um, I, I, uh, the, let's begin with this, that Hungarian uh, Jewry experienced uh, a golden age up to, uh, to this First World War. Uh, there was anti-Semitism. Uh, there was anti-Semitism, but it was a popular anti-Semitism. The government, uh, the establishment, for various reasons, uh, was not anti-Semitic, not anti-Semitic. Um, they favored the involvement of Jews from, you know, in, in from political reasons, from um, uh, economic reasons. It was a golden age. Although, if you read the papers, and I did, all the papers from the 19th century, from the emancipation and on, uh, the issue of antisemitism is always there. Every week, every two weeks, something. Uh, I'm not talking about Gisa uh, Eslar only, but you know, every time that there was this, there was that. Um, after World War II, the things changed, of course, dramatically, dramatically. And the Jews faced a numerous clauses. Um, the, the numerous clauses was, was a very big blow uh, to the Hungarian jury, especially to the neologues, less so to the orthodox, because the orthodox at the beginning of the 20th century, in, in the beginning of 1920s, they were not so much involved uh, in um, uh, in the culture and in the economy as the neologues. So they were not pushed. For instance, the number of Orthodox students at the university it was much less than neolog students. So they were they were not hit. But in spite of this, they. Um, they they did uh, combat combat uh, verbally. I didn't. They didn't do anything more than that. But they protested uh, the, on and on uh, in the papers. Um, you know the, the situation. The no looks even more. So it was a big blow. The the, the white terror was uh, you know. Um, um, was a very uh, sad event. Uh, however, um, a sad event, and um, it didn't affect, uh, according to what I saw, it didn't affect uh, dramatically the, the positive attitude of Hungarian Jews towards Hungary. Surprisingly, in a way, the impact was not to change their attitude from admiration and uh, connections and affinity before the war. They kept 
in the papers after the war, after the numerous clauses, uh, talking about Hungary in a positive way. They had a, a trust in Hungary, um, which uh, I may say, unfortunately, lasted in 44. And that meant that they didn't uh, take any measures to face a potential disaster uh, like German Jews. For instance, German Jews from 33 to 38, 50% of German Jews immigrated, went to anywhere. 50% of the Jews in Hungary, there was no immigration. Uh, I mean, uh, significant. There was not even talk about it because they don't. They felt that it's not needed. It will not. It it, it will not happen here. It's different. Here it will not happen. And that, in a hindsight, you know, it's a tragedy. Thank you so much for your time and answering all our questions. Stay tuned for the continuation of our discussion with Dr. Yehuda Hartman. <laughs>